Welcome to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Today we discuss what spiritual healing modalities do you use? Tune in as Sharon shares how she's learned about health and wellness as a child and how she has adapted to what she believes in her life today when it comes to healing. So let's get started. Hey everybody, hello again and welcome back to Medium Well with Psychic Life Coach and Medium Sharon Rose. Today I want to talk about spiritual healing modalities. Uh, and I it's funny I haven't talked about it before. I've talked about health and wellness on the podcast, but I haven't really talked about modalities and the options out there versus allopathic. So naturopathic versus allopathic versus spiritual, however you want to term it. When I was a little girl and I was watching the people around me, because we learn a lot as kids at the knee of our elders, right? My mother was very much involved and enjoyed and appreciated and respected the medical community. She was about, if you get the sniffles, you get a cold or something wrong, yada, 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 go to the doctor. Um, my father, so, so consequently, mom always had prescriptions, tonics, potions that she got at the drugstore. Now, some of the times she actually <clears throat> would self-medicate as well. And and that's okay. I mean, we, do, we all take ibuprofen to some degree or Tylenol or something like that. But she was a big believer in those modalities bringing wellness to our physical presence. On the other hand, my father came from a completely different school of thought. Um, this is a man who believed in what was available on the planet and what was available in the bush and what was available naturally and that we had the power to heal. But he also drew from nature. Now, a lot of this, I think, had to do with the fact that he grew up in the wild. He grew up, <laughs> sounds like a feral child, but he wasn't. He grew up with his big brother way up north and they would spend the whole seasons living in a cottage or a cabin way back in the woods trapping. And now I want to remind you, my father was born in the 20s, 1920s. So we're going back to days before when people would trap and make a living and there wasn't a, a challenge with the abundance of whether or not there was animals on the planet. That's what he did. But they also had to take care of themselves. And they, if they got sick or they got hurt, they had to take care of themselves the best they could. And only in the most tragic moments would they be going to uh, a doctor. For example, my father was the one that would teach us when we were out walking, if we wanted to uh, feel good, that the nature had an abundance of remedies for us. Um, he would pick mushrooms um, and teach us the difference between the good ones and the bad ones. He would he taught us what pine gum was. I don't know if any of you have ever chewed pine gum, but it's the sap on a pine tree, and you can pick it off, and it's gummy, and chew, and you can chew it. And we would chew pine gum. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. My father was a chronic gum chewer too, so <laughs> the pine gum. He would drink swamp tea. He taught us how to make swamp tea out of different herbs and whatnot from from the swamp and the marshes. But he also believed that um, he had the power to heal himself, that he had the ability to, unless it got to a point of extreme. And that's how I was raised. I was raised with his two very different 
ideals. One person really into the allopathic medical community and very respectful of it and very involved with it and believed in your, have your yearly checkups and make sure everything's all right. And the doctor will tell you if you're okay or if you're not. And the other belief of you will know if you're well or not, just use your intuition, use your self, sense of, of wellness, your sense of self to determine what would be the best thing for you. I remember my father getting uh, things like pneumonia or chest colds, and he would use uh, mustard poultices. Now, a mustard poultice, I don't know if you're familiar with it, it goes way back, but a mustard poultice will literally burn the hide right off you. <laughs> <laughs> it'll burn the skin right off you by uh, if you leave it on too long. But he would use a mustard poultice because he believed that that would bring it out. When he wasn't feeling really well, he would eat a lot of onions. Um, there was a lot of different food products that he would he would also utilize in wellness. And there was a lot of foods he would touch. And I'll never forget my father sitting both my older brother and I down because we were little and the younger kids, the younger two weren't even around then. They sat us down. And he, one of us had lost a tooth and he bought our tooth from us. Instead of going to the tooth fray, he said, I want to do an experiment. I want to show you something. And he, so he bought our tooth. I don't know if it was mine or Neil's. And he put it in a little glass of Coke, Coca-Cola. And he said, I want you to just check back with this tooth, you know, every day, every two days, a week, whatever. And it wasn't very long before there was cavities starting to form in that tooth. What was really interesting for Neil and I was watching that process. And I know Neil doesn't drink pop unless he's having a, a cocktail and, and he doesn't drink anymore. So he's not even doing that. And for me, that's the only time I would drink pop is if I was having a cocktail because I saw what happened to that tooth and I didn't want to rot my teeth by drinking pop. Uh, and those were the kinds of lessons I learned at the knee of my father. And from my mother, I learned that you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you what's, what's good and what's not. And so I had this real mix of ideals, but I really leaned towards self-care. I really leaned towards me being able to take care of myself. And, and when I grew up, as I grew up, I was constantly looking for healing modalities that I thought would serve me and that I could share with others because I've been a teacher my whole life. And I've been sharing anything that come along, comes along for me that I love, I share it with everybody that I know. And in 2010, when I was running some workshops, I was, we did a big section on healing and health. And I really came across a course to, to do that. I had to do a lot of research because there are a lot of modalities from around the world that I had never heard of. And I've introduced you to some of them through the podcast and various ones. But um, so for me, it really became a fascination. Um, and that led into the 2010 workshop was earlier than that in the 90s when I received a diagnosis of advanced rheumatoid arthritis. And I was told by the doctor, get your house in order. You're going to be in a wheelchair within six months. And it made me stop and think of my father who broke his back twice. Well, once with a tree falling on him when he was young and he was a logger. And well, he was still in a full body cast. He built a restaurant with all of his um, he put a foreman in charge who was one of his native buddies and he had a native crew and they built the restaurant, the first restaurant my father and mother ever owned. And he was in a full body cast. And I remember he, the, him cutting the uh, around the arm where the arm joined the body on both sides and the legs were joined the body so he could walk and actually use his arms. And he was out helping build the, the restaurant. Now, there's a man who believed fully in his own power. Um, and of course, mother was exactly the opposite. 
And so when I was diagnosed with this advanced rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis, I went, no, I can't have that. That's not, that's not going to work. Good Lord. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just hitting my stride with my work. I'm just hitting my stride in my new relationship. I'm just hitting my stride. My kids have just left home and I'm just now I'm no, I can't, I don't, I don't want this. So I started researching, 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 and in the research, of course, I took courses, took courses, took courses. And one of the courses that I came across was a healing touch course that was given by an RN and her assistant. And I've talked about that course in some other of the healing. If if you're really interested in all the healing experiences I've had, go back to the other healing uh, podcasts that are already up and and listen to those as well, Uh, because I'm not going to go back into the same old stories here. I've got too much more to share with you. Um, But I will say that the Healing Touch course led me into an awareness of uh, a strong awareness of exactly what my father was trying to teach us as children, that we had the power. We were able to have the power. He was also a very positive man who was a very positive thinker. Um, He was a bit of a hot-headed Frenchman and he was stubborn, but he was somebody who would stick to his his guns. He would say, yep, that's the way it is. And that would be the way it was. And I learned how to be resilient that way too. And I learned how to be stubborn as well. Of course, that's kind of a family trait, but anyways, so what I did is as I was teaching, as I took this healing touch course, and then I was doing practicum, trying to practice on people, I started to understand that I had more available to me than I realized, but I didn't know how to access it. I didn't know how to utilize it. I didn't know where to go for it. But I also knew something else. I knew that I was a human or a spirit having a human experience, but my human body was also kind of foreign to me. And I didn't really know all the body systems very well. I mean, I knew them. I knew we have a skeletal structure and a nervous system, and we have all these you know, different structures and systems. But I didn't know how to utilize them. And I didn't know when I was doing healing touch work, where was I? Did it matter? Was it okay if I my hands weren't in the right spot, et cetera, et cetera. So it came to me to the best place to study, uh, best modality to study would be massage therapy. So I took, went to Calgary. <laughs> I bunked with my son when I was stayed in, in his apartment with him. My oldest son gracefully let me live with him while I was doing this. And, um, and I took the healing touch course or the massage therapy course. I took the massage therapy course and through it all, I decided, and of course, in that process, you're meeting other people that are healers that work in the healing field. And one of the gals that I met there was somebody who practiced Reiki and she was a a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki teacher. And I was really interested in Reiki. I'd never heard of it before. And I was really interested in keen to, to, it's not, it's different than healing touch. And so Google them both if you're not sure. But uh, I decided that I really liked her. And so I took the Reiki one level with her after I did the healing or the the massage therapy. I enrolled in with her and took her Reiki level one course. Now, at the end of my massage therapy course, the instructor brought in another instructor to talk to us a little bit about reflexology. And I had heard about reflexology from an aunt who traveled to the States. And I remember her coming back and handing me a diagram of a foot. And it had all these points on it and all this stuff. And I thought it was very weird and strange and didn't really. And, and she was a bit eccentric. She was my dad's sister, go figure. And and I remember looking at this foot and I remember her trying to explain to me what reflexology was. And she said it just made her so well. She loved it. And she always went to this doctor in the States because he knew reflexology. And it still really wasn't very 
common up here. Of course, Canada took a little while. And again, we're talking 50s, 60s that I was getting this information from her. So as I'm rolling now in the in the 90s, the late in the 90s, basically, and I'm taking the um, the massage course, I decided to enroll with this instructor uh, in the reflexology course as well. And I fell in love with it. Reflexology to me was like a cheat sheet. It gave me the opportunity to be able to work with people's bodies and understand just through their feet where they were struggling with issues because reflexology teaches that the nerve endings in your foot uh, can get crystallized. And when a reflexology works on those nerve endings, it breaks up those crystals and allows for flow of energy and, and also blood flow, et cetera, back into your body. And it's also a painful modality for people that are experiencing reflexology, but I still to this day uh, suggest it. And I still to this day do a lot of reflexology on myself uh, and, um, and, and on people who want it, like that, not clients, but family or whatnot. So now I've been introduced to Reiki, reflexology, massage therapy, and I'm really comfortable. I'm feeling like I'm really in my wheelhouse because at this point, by this point, I've changed doctors uh, medical doctors, because I, I didn't like what my initial doctor had to say. And I found a doctor who was partly hol holistic and partly allopathic and who was a GP, registered, has a, had, was, was a regular medical doctor. But she also had her ear leaning towards the holistic health community. And with her, I, I was able to avoid going on any medication. She wanted me to, but she didn't push it because she knew that I was doing a lot of work on my own. I was doing a lot of cleanses, for example, uh, and, and doing them seasonally. And actually, I taught a cleansing workshop and she was a member, I came to it as a student. But so over the period of all of the years since then, which is like 30 years or more, I, I learned about reflexology. I learned about massage therapy. I learned about Reiki. Then I started, when I taught this workshop in 2010, I came across another modality uh, called EFT or tapping. And I became obsessed with tapping. And I taught it to my students. Now, I want to share with you something interesting. That group that I taught in 2010 are all still very, very close friends today. They all are friends of mine today. We became very tight. And there are members there who are still using a lot of the modalities, healing modalities that they learned in those workshops that we, we took. There was, I think there was three, three rounds. I can't remember. But anyway, so they were learning about uh, developing their intuitive aspect, but they were also learning about all of these healing and health uh, modalities. And of course, you can't, you can't go into spiritual healing and health <clears throat> without exploring meditation. And meditation is a prime basis for a lot of the spiritual cultures around the world, the Buddhisms, the Hindus, the um, even Christianity. I mean, we have prayer. I have a mala, which is a Buddhist. Um, it's a Buddhist the beads that you use to do repetitive, like it's like the rosary for the Christians. And they, it assists with meditation. And then along with meditation comes visualization. And I started to understand. And of course, along with a lot of visualization comes law of attraction. Now, with law of attraction, you're dealing with the science of energy work, plus the uh, faith base, I guess you could put, call it, put it, of 
believing and trusting that you have the power, that you are bigger than just your body, that you are a soul. You're tapped in, tuned in, turned on to spiritual energies, to the universal energies, and that there is nothing you can't heal or do for your body or for yourself. And in some cases, help others if they want the help. Remember, if you're going to work with helping others, you've got to let, they got to want the help. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Anyway, so now, so now we've got my father's training at the knee where he's teaching me about nature and the power of nature and the herbalists that I've bumped into sounded just like my father. Uh, so there's herb, herbology is another one that a lot of people like that goes with the swamp tea and the pine gum. Um, and we're talking about, uh, we're talking about massage therapy becoming a modality that, uh, I learned all the body systems through massage therapy and, um, I, in fact, I did massage for a few years as well as did the Reiki and the reflexology, and it literally guided me into doing the work that I'm doing now. And again, that's another whole story. But through that also came crystal healing. Now, the uh, the mala that I have is, is made with semi-precious stones, so it's understood that crystals carry energy. They're live. <clears throat> and crystals can help you heal any aspect of yourself that you wish to heal. And essential oils came up with that because in with crystals and stones, uh, gems, there is what is called hot stone therapy, which is using both gems and using oils. So essential oils became a part of it. And all of a sudden I started to realize our world is equipped with everything we need for us to be well. What's missing What's lacking is our faith in ourselves to be able to do it and to allow ourselves the opportunity to step into something we're not all that sure is going to work, but go with a, a faith-based mindset and love of yourself and joy and trust and allow yourself to actually explore some modalities. Now, recently, I've run into a new modality, which is a sound frequency modality. I got to tell you something. I'm having the most uh, extreme reaction to this sound frequency modality. It's really amazing and it's powerful. So what I'm going to suggest here is uh, explore some of these modalities that I've shared with you because I'm going to do a part two of this particular healing uh podcast. I'm going to do a second podcast and I'm going to go deeper into each of them a little bit, not all of them, but some of them. And then I'm going to explore with you the healing modality of the sound frequencies, because I found one that is going to blow your mind and it's going to provide for you all the wellness you could possibly want. The interesting thing is I, to this day, I know COVID has been rampant on our planet today. Now it's November, 2022. And COVID was a, 20, 2000, a 2020 and a 2021 issue. It's still on the planet today, apparently. It's still out there. It's still uh, active. People are still getting ill. I don't, I, I can't actually say I've never had COVID, but I don't know if I have had COVID because I've never been diagnosed with COVID. I've taken COVID tests when I wasn't feeling that great just to make sure, and they all came up negative. So I, to this day, my husband and I, neither of us appear to have had COVID which is kind of interesting because I am 70. I'm supposed to be prime and in that particular age group, but I do healing modalities all the time. I'm always doing visualizations, meditations. I'm always working with Reiki. I'm always doing uh, reflexology on myself. Um, 
crystals. I always carry and work with crystals. Essential oils I use all the time. And of course, I use the oracle cards as well, and I follow guidance there. Visualization is huge. I visualize my body's being well. But I'm going to go into some other healing information because if I do that now, it's going to make this podcast way too long. So you've got the basics. You've got the beginning of this podcast or of the healing, spiritual healing modalities. This is part one. So we'll do part two and uh, come back into part two, which I think this is 65. So the next uh, episode will be episode 66, which will be the healing part two spiritual modalities. So I'm going to give you the card for today. It's uh, I took it from the, uh, it's, it's a deck of Oracle cards that are Archangel Raphael healing Oracle cards. And this is created by Doreen Virtue when she was creating cards. And there's a prayer on it. It says, stay positive. Dear Archangel Raphael, thank you for helping me be optimistic and take the appropriate action steps that support my health. And each one of the modalities I've shared with you are what I would call action steps. I want you to understand that even with law of attraction, you have to have in attraction, what do you find there? Action, the word action. If you don't take action, you just sit around and say, well, I've just asked the universe to make me well. I'm going to be well. Well, there we go. That's not going to work that way. So come back for part two of this particular podcast and let's go deeper into some of the modalities, particularly the sound frequencies. It's going to blow your minds. You are going to go nuts. Also, I'd like you to also take a look at, uh, if you haven't already, the website, uh, SharonRose.com. There, everything is there, including all the services, everything that I do. I do a lot of consults by Zoom. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We can do Zoom or we can do phone. Um, and um, you can also come into the studio. I'm uh, here in Alberta. So take care of yourselves. Be good. Stay warm. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. If you love listening to this podcast, we have one little favor to ask you. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you love learning from Sharon, well, she's got a few great courses that are ongoing. Why don't you register for Kitchen Witchin? It's on now. All you have to do for more information is go to kitchenwitchin.ca. Or if you'd like to book an appointment with Sharon for a reading, or if you'd like to know more about Sharon, her psychic services, coaching sessions, and more workshops, go to SharonRose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. We'll talk to you next time.